Don't go in there thinking, I'm not going to make it. Go in there thinking, people are making it. People are making money on Seller Trend. They're giving us information. Make, take the opportunity and do something with it as opposed to thinking of the, I can't make it. There's too much competition. I mean, and, and your mind space dictates uh, the, the, the result, right? You, come, you go in there with a negative mind space thinking of, oh, I, I, there's too much competition. Guess what? You're going to see a lot of competition. You go in there thinking, people are making money. I can make money as well. I can use this data. I just need to commit to this and make it happen. And you will commit to this and you will make it happen. You're listening to Ecomonics, a Debutify podcast your resource for one-of-a-kind insights into the world of e-commerce and business in the modern age. This is Joseph. I'll be presenting a wealth of industry knowledge from interviews with successful business people and our own state-of-the-art research. Your time is valuable, so let's go. Today, we're looking at Sell the Trend and are joined by its figurehead, Rush, who explains the origin of this all-encompassing AI-driven product research tool. One of the key takeaways on this episode is that we talk about ranking the different reasons a product is sellable. We certainly have talked about these factors before, but never got into which one is the most important. It's a big takeaway for me and should give you a sense of the kind of knowledge available from this centralized AI-driven research platform. Rush from Sell the Trend, it is good to have you here. How are you doing today, man? How are you feeling? Great. Uh, I'm doing great. Thanks for, thanks for inviting me. Happy to. You know, we uh, I, I see Ecomonics as a exploratory vessel. We have our we have our space station, which is Debutify, and the Ecomonics gets to go out into the uh, e-commerce galaxy, make contact with all the other agencies and services or whatever metaphor I'm supposed to use, planets, whatever it is. And it's great to make uh, to just keep on making contact, and it's great to make contact with you today. So with that, let's uh, let's get right into this. Tell the audience who you are and what do you do. So uh, my name is uh, Rush. I am the founder of Solid Trend. And um, basically Solid Trend, if people are not familiar with Solid Trend is, uh, uh, we create basically Solid Trend to, as a way for people to find uh, and sell uh, better products online, right? So it's, um, it's kind of an application that you can uh, use to really help you make more money. Well, that was, that was question two, uh, which is, you know, what, uh, what sell the trend is. And the first thing that struck me is, and by the way, audience, you have to forgive me. It's still drilling season here in my apartment. Um, so with that out of the way, uh, what struck, the first thing that struck me was the name is, is sell the trend. And, uh, what I was wondering about was the, uh, the philosophy behind this name. And, um, cause I, cause I think with the, if you look at the word trend, uh, there are some positive, but there are also some negative connotations to it. When you hear the word trend, you think the trendy, you think stuff that's, that comes and goes, um, which is somewhat true in the, in the e-commerce space and the dropshipping space, depending on what kind of product you're getting into. So with all of that, what was the methodology behind sell the trend as a name? So, you know, when we came up with the, with the name, what we really wanted to do is come up with something that, first of all, it's hard to come up with names. It's, I mean, you know, it's super hard. Like anybody who's ever done any, created anything. And a lot of people, a lot of our customers are creating stores, right? So when you come up with your name, you're, you're trying to come up a, with something that, uh, you know, might be memorable, uh, something that, you know, makes sense to your business, uh, maybe something that's catchy, something that, you know, uh, has some kind of energy behind it. So first of all, it's super difficult to come up with a name. So, so, you know, obviously went through a lot of different iterations. Uh, but when that came up, when, when, you know, as and as we, you know, you create anything, there's a creative process. You're kind of shooting ideas off people. What do you think of this? What do you think of that? Oh, that sounds too goofy. That sounds too, you know, on 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 point or maybe too, you know, it doesn't make sense. And when we finally came up with that, it was kind of, it was really like one of those like Eureka moments where it was so simple and, and it sounded good and it was exactly what the business was about, right? So it was, 
It was, you know, obviously selling a trending product, right? It's really what the business is about. But what's so good about it as we have evolved over, over uh, since we've been in, in, in business is that the selling part uh, has really, uh, is it's so wide that, we're, you know, we've been able to kind of add features to sell the trend uh, over the years. Uh, where selling is just as important part as the trending product component, right? So it's not just, it's not a product discovery tool anymore. It's really an entire uh, e-commerce uh, dropshipping platform. Uh, so that's really where where kind of the name started and where where it's taking us. Yeah, I, I will say that coming up with uh, with the name is difficult because we don't always have the power of hindsight. Like sometimes it, I, I think if I were doing something for a year, and then I would have a chance to name it in retrospect. It might be a little bit easier. Um, so, so one advice, just with my personal uh, uh, experience, was if you're okay with spelling things wrong, then uh, then then you yeah. have a little bit more uh, opportunity. So, economics, um, the, you know, the combination of e-commerce and economics by putting it together, it's great. People like it. Google, not so much. Are you sure that's how you spelled it? I'm like, yeah, Google. Yeah, Google. Don't. I'll switch to DuckDuckGo. In fact, I've done it numerous times. Yes, exactly. It's, you should know by now. Right? I actually watched a video on on YouTube on uh, basically the the philosophy and uh, the the code and the analytics behind the Google search engine, and it's it seems like simple, right? It seems like you type in a bunch of words, you look at an index, and you search for matching websites. But obviously, it's not. I mean, they didn't become uh, the number one of the number one companies in the world, most successful companies, and you know, biggest uh, uh, companies in the world by doing something that's common, right? So if you look at, if you watch that video, you can, you can check it out. Um, funny enough, it was recommended by YouTube, <laughs> you know? Uh, but uh, yeah, it's it's really fascinating. It's the depth of research and the teams that they have that analyze all the stuff that you said, like, hey, I already misspelled it like five times. Why are you correcting me, right? So there obviously there's the logic why they keep correcting you, you know, and, and eventually maybe they'll stop correcting you as they they you know profile you and figure out exactly your likes and dislikes and what you've been typing and everything like that. So funny, funny that you say that, but that's that's the truth. Sometimes uh, eventually the, the the algorithm learns, right? Yeah, I mean the irony is that Google itself is a word that didn't exist prior. So you know their their business is named after not only a spelling error but like a complete aberration of the English language. But you know this isn't a. a, a we, we won't get too much into that, but I think that's a, yep. that's an interesting observation just about how much research goes behind it. Okay, hang on. One more point. This one's fair to make, which is if you just think about what I would expect somebody to use, how I would expect somebody to use a search engine is so far removed from all the different ways people might use a search engine. Mm. You have some people who are using search engine as a web browser where they're just going right to Google to go directly to Facebook, for instance. So sure. They, sure. we have people who are using Google as a consultant where mm -hmm. they are asking Google a question and and that to me was actually a pretty significant breakthrough when Google could actually start answering the questions because they would find that exact question or as close to it as possible and then just uh, present the answers to the point where you don't even have to go onto a new website right now. One, one of the biggest revealing things that I learned from that thing is that they get a lot of their innovations out of the questions that they, that breaks their algorithm. So they would they have an entire team uh, dedicated to uh, like errors where it's like people type this thing and we don't even know like we don't even have we haven't caught that in our algorithm at all and then they have an entire team that analyzes these these errors that the, that the engine is returning because it's just they never even thought of those kind of questions right so they have an entire team set up for that and you know it makes sense right it uh, definitely makes sense now with with sell the trend you have to forgive me if this question is like partially answered but i think it's important to just make sure, sure. that we give it the correct uh, frame of reference which is um what problems were you seeing going unsolved 
when you create a sell the trend. And mind, keeping in mind that like, you know, there is an active industry, you know, there are other uh, options out there. So in specific, what did you want to hone in on and get right? When you're creating anything, really, there's really no point. I mean, I believe anyway, there's no point in creating something if there is no need in the marketplace for it, right? If, if you go out there and you say, I'm going to create a brand new search engine, uh, you have to have a pretty good reason why you're creating a search engine to compete with Google. Uh, you know, and that's why there is, I think, DuckDuckGo or something. They, they find a niche that says, you know what, this is what Google does. We can do it either better or a different way, or there's a need for this. And that's really where, where you know, the reason we started Sell the Trend is kind of, you know, look at the marketplace of all the available tools and realize that for us, um, it didn't, like, there was a, definitely a gap, gap in the quality of the results and gap in the quality of the products that are being displayed and a gap in uh, really what you're, what you're paying for in terms of a service and what you're getting back. So, for example, you know, there's a lot of tools out there that maybe give you two or three products a day, and maybe these products are niches you're not interested in, you know, like, you know, two prep products and, um, you know, beauty product, but you're like in the fishing niche. So that day is wasted for you. There's, you know, you're not going to, it's not going to be good for you. And maybe it's going to do a few days that are not good for you until you find a brand new uh, item that, that you're interested in. So number one was that. And then the other two, the, the, the products that were database, uh, we believe that their, their, their data was completely lacking. You know, it was, it was not transparent. It was a lot of it is, hey, this is a great trending product based on maybe one factor or based on what, you know, trust us. This is a really trending product. Trust us because you can't really see where the, where the data points are. It's not really supported by, by any kind of obvious uh, metrics. Uh, so that's really where, where we saw. We saw an opportunity to create something that's better uh, and that has, you know, is more powerful. And that's why we, that's why we started it for sure. I want to make a point about uh, the comparison between uh, Google and DuckDuckGo, but I wouldn't do this, I swear, if I wasn't trying to relate it to our conversation here. But sure. one of the main issues is that you take a look at uh, a service like Google, and it is on top, so much so that I would say it's institutionalized. Mm -hmm, for sure. Yeah. And what happens is you actually start to run into issues in ideology and and peace of mind. You have people who are concerned about maybe the algorithms are manipulated in such a way that it's... Uh, providing search results that favor one group over another. This, I, I will say, I don't, I, I don't know this for sure. But then you, you have a search engine like, uh, like DuckDuckGo, and people are. They, they, I don't think people. I mean, me personally, I've been a user of it for a number of years, and I never expect the results to be quite as like intuitive as Google. But what I do expect is that they're not tracking my data, and it's mm -hmm. more of like a neutral search engine. So it, it is interesting to think that. At some point, some of these um, some of these services, even within our space, I mean, there's a lot of growth right now, but a lot of it can actually end up being divided by by philosophy or being divided by perspective um, or politics, which is the grenade that I keep accidentally pulling the pin out of. Yeah, well, I mean, I'm in two minds of that. I mean, I am running a, a, you know, a platform that is grabbing information from people, whether they're searching for something or maybe you know some of the products uh, that they're they're selecting. Uh, but that's really, you know, we're doing this information to gain knowledge so we can present you with better choices. So there is no, you know, um, nefarious reason why there's not even an, an iota of a nefarious reason. I mean, again, our service is completely different than Google. Google, they're, I mean, they're tracking where you travel, you know, because of Gmail or whatever. You can, you know, a friend of mine showed me a, this, this, this travel map of all the destinations. I'm like, oh, what is this? They're like, uh, well, this is where I've been. I'm like, well, how did you get this? Like, you flew from this on this day, and you flew from that on that day. He's like, oh, it's just from like from Google. I'm like, oh, okay, <laughs> yeah, that's interesting. Like, you know, <laughs> you never agreed to it anywhere, obviously, but you obviously agreed to it in the fine print, right? Yeah. So, you know, to me, uh, data privacy is 
some for some people it's it's a very important topic they're super passionate about it and super uh cautious about it for me i don't necessarily put any kind of public information i know that we are in a public info in an information world and if i don't feel like uh, i want to protect if i feel like i want to protect my public information i just don't put it online so i don't really care you know that's really the way i i, I look at it so i'm not as as scared about oh does google know that i search for this or i'm interested in buying this product oh now i see all the ads for this product i'm like that's fine. It doesn't bother me, right? And their reasoning is they're doing it to improve the experience, right? They're doing it so they can pre present you with better products instead of just rent. They're going to present you with products regardless. Now, whether they present you with products you're interested in or not, uh, you know, that's a different story. Well, I, I, I appreciate your take on that. I, I wasn't sure if, uh, you know, there's... What there's, part of the thing? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. There's, like, there's, uh, the, uh, there's that iceberg, right? Where it's like, okay, well, there's these subjects and then there's all this other stuff. And like the, yes. the, the Joseph Ayani iceberg uh, runs it runs pretty deep. So, sure, so, so I thank you for your perspective on that. All right. Yeah. So let's, uh, so we'll sell the trend. Next question I want to know is, I, I love that I get to talk about AI now because yeah, um, sure. it, it's been brought up once in a while. Um, uh, Kyle Dane with Salesforce, he has a, his, his service is AI powered as well. So how is AI involved in this exactly? So so we obviously are running all of our, you know, we, we we basically scan the internet for, you know, millions of products, but we need to categorize them in a way that makes sense, right? We need to categorize them in a way that that starts to put some uh some logic behind uh, behind the reason why some of these products are popular, some of these are not proper, uh, you know, and what level of popularity is it? Is it popular now? Is it popular was it popular 6 months ago? Um, so, so we're constantly feeding our product. Um, uh, we're constantly feeding our algorithm with information about uh, current products, uh, brand new products, as well as um, uh, performance of certain types of products, certain types of niches. Uh, and the more data we feed, we feed into the algorithm, uh, the more it starts spitting out basically uh, some some recommendations and as well as actual connections. Uh, so that's kind of how we use um, uh, the artificial intelligence in, in our product. And, 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 and speaking of trends, there is a, a four point, um, I guess, lifespan, uh, for a lot of products. I believe sure. it's like it's discovery and then, uh, there's a peak, there's a saturation, there's a decline. And I don't think sure. I got the terminology quite right. So can you just run through the terminology? That's pretty of close. Pretty, that's pretty close. close. Yeah. yeah that's, 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 that's pretty close. Like discovery, the saturation decline, I think there's another phase somewhere in there. It's, it's, uh, we go through it in detail in uh, one of our uh, trading tutorials, which is, uh, I think, uh, it's called Eight Keys to a Winning Product. And basically, um, I think saturation and just kind of talking about one of these uh, one of these phases. So the product, the the discovery part is when people start getting to do so the product, right? So it, you start to see maybe some ads about it, some light ads, or maybe you, you run uh, run across it by somebody mentioning they've just bought it or whatever. So that's a discovery. That's the discovery phase. The saturation is when you know, it's everywhere, right? It's like um, the the fidget spinner back in the day, where just everybody knows about the fidget spinner. But a lot of people mistake the saturation as a part, as a time to get out, right? Oh, it's saturated. I need to stop selling this product. This is no longer viable. Uh, I need to uh, jump out of uh, this product. The, the the that's I mean that's a mistake. The the time to jump out of the product is when it's on the decline, right? There's always money to be made. Uh, in the in the obviously the discovery is obviously the most amount of money to be made, right? Where where there's not as much competition, not as many people selling the product, uh, but again, not as many people know about the product, so maybe they haven't seen it, and now you need to sell them, you need to show it to them a multiple times before they kind of get get uh, introduced to the product or even know what it is, right? So it's a little riskier to be selling something in the in the discovery phase. The saturation phase is the easiest place to sell, right? That's why 
uh, whenever you know we, we are asked or whenever we, we talk in you know different groups or whatever, we say, hey, if you want the easy money is is in, during the saturation phase because but it's you're not going to get the biggest piece of the pie uh, when the product is saturated, but you can still make money. You just have to have uh, better ad campaigns. Uh, you have to be a bit more ingenious with your ad campaigns, with your targeting and all that kind of stuff. But this is not the time to start stop selling a product. And as you mentioned, there are some products that are, quote unquote, in the saturation phase for a long time. And it could be months. It could be years. Some products are seasonal even. You know, they keep coming back, right? So, uh, you know, we also on our blog, there's also another video about, you know, we call it the myth of, uh, of the saturated product, right? So there is a myth associated to that. And we even give examples of a product that, you know, came on sell the trend. Uh, let's say in, in February, you know, and it started selling a little bit and, you know, you can see it, you know, starting to pick up trend and, um, you know, it was featured uh, on, on one of our blogs and then it kept selling and selling and selling. And then it was six or seven months before it even reached its peak of saturation. So finding products on sell the trend, you could find these products and then keep writing them until the point where you can see it on the chart, it stopped selling. And that's the time to get out, right? That's the time to get out is when, when it's no longer selling, it's no longer popular, right? So, so yeah, we cover all of that in a lot of our education, as well as you can see it right on the website in the charts that we have uh, and some of the other tools. And as a uh, long-running theme on the show, I've always uh, recommended to the audience that while I have my guests for an hour, sometimes a little bit more, sometimes a little bit less, it's only an hour, whereas the content goes on for hours and hours and hours, and so, and the audience has always has more time. So um, so, so, so audience, I've, I've, I'm always able and always fortunate to be able to check out the content uh, prior to the interview, and this is no exception. There's a lot of really good insights here, many of which I wrote down and I wanted to expand on anyways. The reason why I brought up the different periods, and I think it's interesting to actually um, talk about, I think, the term saturation, because I think certain terms, they just have a negative uh, perspective to them, even if it's actually a, a neutral or if it's just an obser observation of it. Because um, when I when I think saturation coming into e-commerce, uh, often I think, well, it's saturated, therefore it's reached uh, peak appeal uh, across the, mm -hmm. the demographics. And that's not necessarily true. So what I think is, is happening here is, okay, we're... The different interest groups are being targeted with it. So there may yet to be other interest groups that could be targeted with it, but have not just but not quite been found yet or haven't been targeted by somebody who has the marketing angle in mind that can go for them in specific. You nailed it. And think of it this way. You've already now confirmed that this product is a winner, right? So you, so your, your level of risk has, has decreased dramatically. You know, guaranteed it's a winner. Now comes the, you know, uh, being creative part, right? And in any business, even if you, if some of these businesses don't seem creative, in any business, you need to tap into your creativity uh, to succeed, right? Uh, you know, the most successful companies, the most successful people have always uh, uh, put out products that are have some kind of creativity at them or, or some kind of an angle uh, that differentiates them from everybody else, right? So, um, you know, being able to jump on products like that and just use your creativity to kind of, you know, uh, attach to a different angle uh, could be the difference. So I want to ask you about the strategy here. So uh, l l this is this is hypothetical, although I suppose if you have real life examples, by all means. So let's say I'm looking at a, a product right now. I've settled on my niche. Um, I, I know my, my niche, by the way, is like remote work or home office. Uh, but for the okay. sake of this, I'll just say my niche is uh, pets. Everybody loves sure. pets. So I'm, and, and I'm looking through and I'm seeing a product is saturated. Uh, how do I know how much time I have to act? 
um, because I, I would imagine that even within saturation, there is like early phase, mid phase, late phase. It's a very, it's a very good question. That's a very good question. And uh, I'll give you a short answer now, but the, the, the good news is that uh, we are in the process of uh, doing like a, like a UI redesign uh, for the website. And we are adding some really exciting features that are tailored toward exactly the question that you asked. So, so instead of, uh, maybe I'll give you a little preview here of what's coming. If I can just uh, give you some frame of reference, uh, usually episodes are out two months after we record. Perfect. Perfect. So this is, this will, you know, the, 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 the audience will be able to kind of use this feature okay, by the time it gets out. And I'm not even giving away any secrets. So it's perfect. So basically what it is, is that right now, a lot of the questions that people have is, Hey, I don't know. How, like, it's great. You have all this data. It's, it's great, but I don't know how to read it. Like it's, and we have tutorials, obviously we have tutorials on, you know, on the actual page where, um, you know, where you're doing your work, let's say the product research page, top right hand corner, there's a tutorial, right? And we also have an entire e-commerce course that also goes through into picking products as well as one of the chapters, right? And we have other tutorials that are, you know, in the tutorials page, but some people, uh, maybe even after watching the tutorials, they still have questions or maybe they don't watch the tutorials and they just want to jump into the application. Everybody's done it. You've done it. I've done it. You know, I, I know when the last time I actually watched a tutorial when I like onboarded to a brand new application, you just want to use it, right? You don't have time for the tutorials, right? So, so, uh, so that's a great question. And we do get asked that like, okay, so how do I know, like, do I jump in now? Do I jump in later? So what's coming in the next iteration, which is uh, in the next thing is that we are going to be breaking down from all the experience and all the knowledge that we have, we are going to be breaking down in English uh, this, the current status of the product. So instead of just having to look at the chart and go, okay, so it's sold, um, you know, it's it's sold a thousand a thousand units. Like, is that a good? Is that saturated? Is that too little? Is that too much? Right. So we obviously have been collecting data for a long time. So uh, in a brand new feature, we're going to have is going to be called product insights. Right. So in English, we are going to uh, tell you that. You know what the, the 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 insights for this product. This product has X amount of orders. That is a great time to jump in. Or this product has too many stores already selling it. It might be a bit more difficult to sell it because of competition, right? So we're going to break it down uh, in, in in English. Here are the pros. Here are the cons, as well as all the the, the data and the charts and everything like that. That's not not, not going to go away. So um, you know, for people that are just unsure of how to read some of this data, they are going to have plain English you know, actionable insights uh, about the product. That's great. Although I will say it does raise a, a different concern. I'm putting myself in the position of somebody who's doing this, which sure. is now, okay, this information is being presented and everybody is being given very clear instructions that this is the time to jump in. So what my fear would be is now everyone, whereas before, maybe it takes a certain intuition to understand, okay, this is the time to jump in. Whereas now it's being, it's pretty clear. Okay, this is the time to jump in. So I can see that having a pretty significant effect on how many people are actually going to be active in it. Yeah, but but think of it this way. We are like, we are not, this is not like a stock trading, you know, signal, you know, yeah. buy this stock right now. We're not doing that, right? We'll never do that, right? Because it's even those companies, I mean, I don't even know how they're doing that stuff. I mean, it's it's completely like, it's a stock market. I mean, you know, it's, 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 it's crazy. But the point is this, is that um, two things. Uh, these are only meant to help, right? And the people that are going to combine that with the data that are going to understand, you know, the, the holistic part about the product with all the uh, product information that we're going to have on that page will definitely have more insights, will have more knowledge and will be able to identify products. So think of it this way, not only that, also niche matters, right? Not everybody is into pet niche, right? So a lot of people have clothing stores or whatever. Uh, and also, 
you know, the, the the last time I checked, I think there was, I think, like 12 or 13 million people in who are, uh, uh, sorry, uh, what is it, uh, 2 billion people on Facebook or something? Uh, I don't know what the last number is, right? Yeah. So the last I checked, audience, it was everybody. Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly, exactly. The audience is kind of wide, right? The fear of like, oh, you know, I'm going to hit the, the pet niche and 10 people are going to be trying to sell the same product and I'm going to be competing with other people. It does not make sense. But we get this question a lot. It's like, hey, uh, how many people know about this? And like, how many people are using the app? And how many people think? And it's like, our answer is always, don't think of the scarcity. Think of the opportunity. Don't go in there thinking, I'm not going to make it. Go in there thinking, people are making it. People are making money on Sell the Trend. They're giving us the information. Make, take the opportunity and do something with it as opposed to thinking of the, I can't make it. There's too much competition. I mean, and, and your mind space dictates uh, the, the, the result, right? You, can, you go in there with a negative mind space thinking of, oh, I, I, there's too much competition. Guess what? You're going to see a lot of competition. Yeah. You go in there thinking, people are making money. I can make money as well. I can use this data. I just need to, to, to commit to this and make it happen. And you will commit to this and you will make it happen. I appreciate that a lot. Um, so, and one thing I wanted to relate it to, because I thought you made a great point just about the uh, about stock markets and and trading. And and I can't remember the name of the guy, but um, I was just picturing that guy who's got like the bell and he's got the horn and he's like, sell, 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 burn. <laughs> oh yes, yeah. Uh, yeah. Kramer, Kramer from uh, is it MSNBC? Kramer. Okay, okay, yeah, that's it. I, I was way off with his name. I, I don't know. And there's a through line between both of these is that you have the the day trading crowd who um, not, they're not invested in the industry, they're not invested in the mm -hmm. product, they're not invested in the service, they're not invested in any of it, they're just invested in making money. And, and, my, and my philosophy, which I developed like two and a half weeks ago, is that if you really just wanna make money, play poker. Like, you mm -hmm. know, you can learn, you learn, how to, learn how to play it, you make a lot of money doing it, and you don't, ex and you don't have to like you know, uh, break your back or stress out, and at the end of the day, you're still playing a, playing a game. So that, that's, my, yeah, that's, yeah. My, that's my take on that. And, and I think the same is true here too, is that why people select the niches that they do? Well, it's because they're invested in it. Um, so I think if, you know, for, for our audience, I don't, I think we've curated the, the people by this point, but if people in the audience are really just in it to make money, you're making a huge mistake. Even if you succeed, you're making a mistake because you're missing out on a lot of the, uh, on the ideal, uh, the ideology of like solving problems for others, trying to make the world uh, a, a better place, if only slightly. Absolutely. No, no, absolutely. And, and sometimes, you know, um, people get into any kind of business because they, uh, you know, just not, uh, they might not be passionate about something, but they just want to make money and they see somebody else making money. So they want to make money. Right. But the problem is, is that it's hard to get anything to work if you're not passionate about it, because you're either going to lose interest. You're not going to put in the work. You are going to quit immediately because there's not, there's that passion is not there. That's going to keep you uh, committed to it. There's, so, so for anybody that just wants to jump in, make a couple of dollars and get out, uh, it's, it's difficult. It's more difficult than people who are like, you know what, I'm going to invest in this. I'm going to, you know, uh, get a tool. You don't get a tool, whatever it is. I'm going to invest in the business, right. And get a, you know, store either built, or I'm going to learn how to build a proper store and, 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 and get the funnel working and everything. The people that are doing this are the people that have a better chance of succeeding than the people who are like, I just want to throw something together. I'll get a couple of tools. I'll try a couple of products. If it doesn't work, yeah, nothing works. Nobody can make money from e-commerce, which is which <laughs> Drop is tripping kind is of dead. Join my YouTube channel. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, I I appreciate that, and also I I just appreciate too is that like I you know I I, ha I always have a, an agenda set up, but as time goes on, it's been easier for me to just 
you know, naturally be able to come up with questions because I'm so much more invested in it. So uh, just like a little, little self-check-in on my own journey. What I wanted to ask next is what you would recommend in terms of preparation. So let's say somebody uh, finds a product um, in their niche and it's, it's, a, it's a good time to get into it. Now, some of the, some some people in the space, they're experts at setting up Shopify stores. They can do it in, in an hour, if that. Um, I, and I don't think everybody is... Uh, is so lucky and also you know you do have to unless you somehow manage to like clear uh, your goal within the 14-day Shopify free trial there are uh, expenses that have to be um, shelled out in order to even uh, any compete to say nothing of Facebook advertising so there, there are a lot of things that I would imagine people need to have prepared before they uh, they take this product to uh, to the market so um, what have you seen? And, and I love it because you, you, you collect a lot of data. So I, I'm, I'm thinking this would be a data driven answer. But like, what have you seen uh, users have to have ready before they they, they go for their first uh, their, their first competition, they take the first product into the market? So n- number one, I think you need to have your mental state ready, right? You have to go in there already prepared that this is not a one click you know, uh, just, you know, you press one button, the easy button, and, you, you know, money comes spitting out of the other end, right? So there's got to be some realistic expectations, right? I believe with the right product, obviously, we wouldn't even be here if, if it wasn't uh, this, I believe with the right product, and with sensible, reasonable advertising, right? I'm not talking about, you know, uh, being super psycho about the creative and super thing uh, about the video or whatever. I believe with the right product and with reasonable targeting, and we even offer targeting inside the app so you can kind of quickly find that uh, with an, a reasonably created store. And again, it doesn't have to be the prettiest, doesn't have to be spent thousands of dollars on it. And, you know, everything is perfect, right? With all of this reasonable, you are going to make sales. If you are not making sales, then, you know, there's something uh, very wrong with one of the pieces, right? Whether it's the product is not right or your store is not right or your advertising campaign is not right. Something is not working that is breaking down this entire process, right? So if you say, what do people need to prepare? I think they need to prepare the mental state, number one, and B, they need to do some of the, um, some of the, uh, some of the work, right? So, so we have, for example, uh, an included uh, like a full dropshipping course, right? That takes you through the entire thing where we show you how to set up your store. We show you how to pick products. We show you how to add them to your store. We show you even how to fulfill orders. We show you how to uh, run basic campaigns on Facebook and Instagram. So we show you the entire thing. So you can go through that entire process and just kind of get something that is will work. Now, taking it to the next level, of course, that's the whole point. You need to kind of start really honing in on the products you want to add, You know, fixing your store, checking out your funnel, all that kind of stuff. But just to start, you can make sales with what I just mentioned, reasonable, just being reasonable about this stuff. And if you don't mind me asking, um, uh, price-wise, what would be like a, a, the reasonable amount of uh, money people should have ready to invest? I've, I believe I've asked this question before, but I just want to get more of a median. So, so to be honest with you, it's, it's, I mean, I can throw a number out of a hat, but it's really different for a lot of people. Some people have $500 in their pocket and they can start making money right away. Right. Some people even less because think of it this way, you know, even just talking about basic, basic, basic expenses, you got, you know, your Shopify or any kind of WooCommerce, whatever, some kind of a platform, $30 a month or whatever. You got a, a product research integration, something like, like sell the trend to import your products and fill orders. So you're not doing it manually, spending hours a day. Right. So just simple stuff like that. Then you have your advertising campaign. You don't have to go straight to Facebook. Right. I mean, I don't even recommend going straight to Facebook. You know, you can go to uh, influencers. You can go on Instagram. You can spend $25, $30. You know, research some good uh, influencers. We even have an, an influencer uh, um, a tool inside Sell the Trend that allows you to judge if an influencer is worth the money or not. 
so so you can for and that's a small budget, right? Twenty five dollars, thirty dollars, just to start start uh, bringing in sales. Start, uh, you know, you can make for even a twenty five dollar shot. You can make ten orders, twelve orders on twenty five dollars, right? You know, we've seen it happen many many times, right? So the investment is different for everybody. But again, now you want to scale. Just making, you know. $50 a day or whatever it is on those orders, maybe $100 a day is great for a lot of people, but you, you're not going to, this is, not, you know, you want more, right? So then you can get into Facebook ads, into some of the, you know, TikTok ads or whatever the case may be, but then you need a bigger budget, right? Because influencers are one cost, you know, thank you very much. Facebook ads, you need to test, you need to tune, you need to spend more money, you need to have multiple campaigns, multiple interests, all that kind of stuff, right? Uh, so, you know, I don't know what a, what a proper number is. Like I said, I gave you the range, um, but it's different for everybody. Okay. Yeah, I I, I appreciate that. And 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 for me, uh, the takeaway that's uh, most prevalent is uh, not going to Facebook first because uh, Facebook yeah, is, sure. is effective, but it is expensive, and it's only gotten more expensive over time. And 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 on an audience, uh, I think our, our our consistent audience understands that you know we do get a lot of different answers to the question, and so it's important to always it just get, get as many answers to it as you can. But I, I think it has to resonate with you. It has to yeah. resonate with your budget, right? You know, somebody says to you, "Oh, you can't even start for less than ten thousand dollars." They're like, "Whoa, I don't have ten thousand dollars." Like I don't have ten thousand dollars to spend on this to start a business. I don't, right? And the whole point of dropshipping it's the lower lower cost of entry, right? But some people can say, you know, hey, you should be able to make it with two hundred dollars. You should be able to get started, right? It's every, it's you know, and it's it's really different for everybody. But I, but I think your point about influencers um, makes a great deal of sense, especially just even from a cost benefit analysis. If it is only a one time buy, we don't even have to pay them. If you just send them the product and they and they test it out and they like it, absolutely, and they're passionate absolutely. about the niche as well, builds a lot of credibility. So that's 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 a big takeaway for me. Hundred percent, hundred percent. We've seen it work many times. Yeah. All right. So let's let's talk about the tools. We've we've alluded to some of them. I'm gonna. Uh, it's like, I don't know, it's like a drop shipping suite. Um, so I'm going to, I'm going to rattle all of them off and then you can pick out which ones you want our audience to know about. You want to go through all of them by all means. I'm, I'm more than happy to, to go through all of them. But, uh, so there's, uh, the, your Nexus, your product explorer, store explorer, store intelligence, retail trend explorer, uh, Amazon trend explorer, video ads creator, Insta and Twitter engagement calculator, uh, Facebook audience builder, one click add to store, one click order fulfillment. There's a lot there. Some of them I, I'm going to say it's self-explanatory. Um, yeah. The one that I wanted to actually start with uh, is the retail trend explorer, because we tend to have a lot of conversations in the e-commerce space that are absent of retail. I, I remember I've had one um, guest so far that was uh, very much so invested in the retail space. It was uh, Shama Maher. So go back, check out that episode just to uh, hear how things are going on in the retail, but we largely don't talk about it. So um, how is, uh, uh, how, how does, how does, retail yeah so so yeah so so we have a so yeah so so when we started sell the trend it was the the it, we started as a, just a product discovery tool right so that's that's where we started and we wanted to provide um we wanted to provide our concept of explorers right so so we you know you would have different streams of of uh information you know whether it's a you know shopify stores or aliexpress or amazon or you know uh uh you know and we just added cj dropshipping right so these kind of explorers are kind of the, the fuel uh, that feeds into the Nexus Explorer. And the Nexus Explorer, uh, which is kind of our flagship explorer, is basically kind of like, I mean, the Nexus, the name is app, right? The Nexus is like a, like it's a, it's a, it's a central place where a lot of things uh, feed into. And that's really what the Nexus is. You have the, the retail explorer, the Shopify explorer, the Amazon explorer, all those explorers, they feed into the Nexus, they feed it data, and then the Nexus shows you the best products across 
all of these explorers across Amazon, AliExpress, and all those places. And now we're just, like I said, I mentioned, we just added CJ Dropshipping as another supplier. So the data from, from CJ Dropshipping as well, and we feed that all into the Nexus. Uh, and then that gives you a good uh, view of really what are the trending products, right? So you're not just, we get a lot of questions like, oh, so I, why can't I just go to AliExpress and I'll just find products there. I'll just sort by most orders and I'll just find products there. It's like, you can find products there. You can find products anywhere. The, the key is the quality of the products and are they backed by any kind of data or information or are you kind of closing your eyes and kind of following uh, the, the herd? I don't want to say the herd in, in a bad way, but kind of following, if you think about what a herd mentality is, right? Just following what everybody else is doing uh, without kind of seeing if, if any of this stuff is really being supported by any kind of fact or is it just, um, you know, uh, you know, yesterday's popular product, right? So that's kind of really, if you want to talk about our feature set, uh, a lot of our our website in terms of defining uh, part of it is these explorers, the retail explorer, and and all these other explorers. But now, if we talk about the other part of sell the trend, which is the selling part, right, is where really we've kind of added over the years uh, to sell the trend, which is uh, the the product importer. Um, adding products directly from AliExpress to our Chrome extension, uh, as well as, you know, the fulfillment feature, right? So once your products come in on your Shopify, WooCommerce store, or whatever, uh, then you need to easily fulfill these products, uh, you know, and we have our, you know, one-click fulfillment, you click on it, it fulfills the order, updates your customer through the email, and, you, you know, it's a lot of it is hands-off, and it should be. That's the whole point of technology, is it's supposed to take some of these menial tasks at least for the fulfillment part and the, and the importing part, and it's supposed to make it easy. That's the whole point, right? That's the whole point of, of, of you know, using tools like this. Well, because as you said earlier, that it all takes creativity, and we want to sure. use our creative energy for the marketing because that's the important part. That's reaching out to, uh, to speak to so, so many people. Um, so th this one is kind of like a, a, a side question. This is one I'm personally uh, wondering about because um, I, I I'm the kid in the candy store doing doing these interviews. I get to tell you to hear all the services. Um, so at the moment I'm uh, I'm uh, I signed up for a, a 3PL, which is a Yakify. Uh, had an interview with them earlier on, and uh, so you know, I'm the product gets imported to the warehouse and then they can uh, they can ship it now. Is there a relationship between uh, Sell the Trend and uh, third-party logistics as well as uh, with the Shopify store? Or because it sounds to me like I, I'm using this for the for the information and it can automate some of the Shopify, but it's I'm still kind of like on me to also work out the third-party logistics. So I'm just not sure how to like put sure. that. So the, sure, I'll give you kind of the flow, right? So okay, great. so this is this is the flow of using Sell the Trend on a daily basis, right? So you come in and you find a product, right? You, we have all of our explorers, or if you want to keep it simple on yourself, just go to, to the Nexus Explorer and that's kind of like the hub, right? So you don't have to kind of break it down to AliExpress and you know, Shopify and all that kind of stuff. Go to the Nexus Explorer and you find a product uh, that is interesting to you, right? So you click a button and then we will automatically export this product, right? Allows you to select some pictures, some, some content, uh, you know, tweak it to your liking, press a button and then, but, but before you actually takes it to your store, we also have a section for suppliers, right? So obviously, after you find a product, you need to be able to get it someplace, right? So you need to find a supplier for it, right? So right now we have an integration with AliExpress, which we're an official uh, partner with AliExpress, but as well, uh, we just onboarded CJ Dropshipping. We're also an official partner for CJ Dropshipping, right? So now you have, you know, your supplier base where you can grab these products, right? And what's so great about, you know, CJ Dropping, for example, is that, you know, the shipping times are, you know, even faster than AliExpress, right? Especially for uh, directly from China. 
uh, and as well as they have local shipping, right? So a lot of the questions we have is, you know, we need local shipping. We need to be able to ship from European locations or from the US. So then we hook you up with a supplier, right? And you can, right from the interface, you can see, you know, the rating for AliExpress. You can see the, the, the supplier rating. You can kind of get a judge of how many orders they've sold, the ratings on the product itself, as well as the supplier rating. So you can get a kind of sense of, is this a good supplier? Is this a bad supplier? What kind of reviews are they getting? So then once you set all that information up from, from this one page, you click a button and then that product goes to your Shopify store, WooCommerce, whatever. So now it's on your store, right? And you've already facilitated the whole process of finding the, the product as well as pushing it to your store. Once you get a product, once you get an order on your, on, your, uh, on your store, on your Shopify store, for example, then that order shows up right on Seller Trend in your dashboard, in your orders dashboard. So then since we already know the supplier, you click a button and this order will automatically, all the information, the address and the, the, the quantity of the product and all that kind of stuff gets sent straight to the supplier. The supplier then prepares the order, uh, you know, you know, uh, gets all the shipping stuff and then sends it directly to your customer. That's obviously the, the shipping, drop shipping model. Sends it directly to your customer. So yeah, at this point, you haven't touched the product. You know, you're just kind of connecting all the pieces together. And once that product ships, then we will then automatically trigger Shopify to send an email to your customer with any, any email you have set up in Shopify or WooCommerce or whatever. And then your customer will get that uh, uh, notification that the order has shipped as well. They'll also get the tracking number. You can click on the tracking number. They can find the tracking for the product, right? So that is kind of the entire flow of using Trend on a daily basis. That's terrific. So, so the one thing that I wanted to uh, just touch on just to make sure that I uh, understood it as well as so the, the order is sent to the supplier. Uh, now I'm, I would, for me, I would, because it's, it's interacting through my Shopify store, it would go to uh, my supplier, which may or may not be connected with sell the trend. Sure. You have your choice. If you don't want to use uh sell the trend fulfillment, you have a choice to, you know, fulfill it with any supplier that you want. And, you know, one of the things that, you know, we're always investigating is adding brand new uh, functionality based on user uh, requests and user demand, right? So, you know, a lot of people wanted uh, uh, faster shipping, and that's why you know we're bringing in brand new suppliers that provide faster shipping. Uh, but uh, uh, you know, third-party fulfillment kind of uh, functionality—that's definitely something that we're thinking about uh, as well to kind of bridge the gap for people that maybe you went out and researched quality 3PL companies, but not everybody maybe has has the knowledge, or maybe they want to—they already trust sell the trend, and they will trust the, the work that we've done to secure a, you know, a couple of great uh, 3PL companies that they can then use. Because mm -hmm. I'm not sure exactly like what era I, uh, we're in right now in the, in the, in the dropshipping legacy, but one thing I know for sure is that I joined in once a lot of standards had been um, set and increased. Uh, a lot of the standard, of course, set by, set by Amazon, uh, which can uh, deliver something now. I just, I just, yeah, yeah, exactly. it's already here. Yeah. And, and for that reason, what I, what I feel like it did, which I would say it might be a bit uh, discouraging for a lot of people, at least at the beginning, but as a net positive in the long run is that it reminded people that you do have a lot of work to do in order to have a functioning backend uh, and have the sure. logistics uh, correct so that, you know, the, 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 the buyers or the customers will get their product uh, and, and be satisfied in a reasonable amount of time. And, and in doing all of this, what I find personally is that, does legitimize the operation altogether. And it shows that there is, once you see the gears and you understand how all the work has to be done, it demystifies a lot of how to actually um, sell a product that frankly, I've never I have in my own, in my own home. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Well, think of it this way, like commerce is like, you know, uh, it's one of the most ancient professions 
outside of the other profession, not that profession, you know, commerce. Well, I mean, that was for it's my like, trade too, but all right. Exactly. It's one of the, the, the most, you know, uh, from the beginning of time, so to speak, right? Trading and bartering, and, you know, you, you grow something and then you can sell it and, you know, all that kind of stuff. So, the, the, you know, when people say, oh, the drop shipping, you know, model, is it going to work? Is it going to last? Whatever. That's it's the basics of commerce, right? It's just a, a, a way to facilitate uh, commerce, right? So, so, but, but, but you raise another uh, question is that it's got to keep evolving, right? Like, you know, if, you know, evolve or die, so to speak, right? It's got to keep evolving and it has, right? It, it's got to keep evolving to match customer expectations, right? And what's so great about um, even a drop shipping and just kind of getting into the space is that, you know, things happen in stages, right? You can start with, you know, processing your order through AliExpress, which is super easy, super low cost, right? You don't have to really invest a lot. And eventually you can say, you know what, I'm making some money now through this. Let me buy some product, right? We have a lot, we have a lot of uh, customers that do this. They find the product, they start making sales, they test it, they're starting to get sales and they're like, okay, this is the product now that I'm going to either brand or I'm going to start making more money from by buying in bulk and sending it to a, a, a warehouse and then having them start to fulfill it. And then you can get the two-day shipping, one-day shipping, depending on, on the, the, the companies you're working with, right? So there is definitely a progression uh, that you can do uh, in this business model as well. It doesn't have to be stagnant. Um, so, so one thing that I want to uh, ask, and you don't have to be like the, the arbiter on it, but I'm curious about your opinion, is if there is a, a reasonable limitation to how much, sorry, I'm, I, I kind of butchered it. Let me try this again. So if I'm selling something on uh, just get, I get the product on AliExpress, put it on my, my store and sell it. I, I, I worry that it's, if A, it's going to take too much time. I don't have enough of a clear um, relationship with the AliExpress supplier. And so my, the point that I was, that I was alluding to earlier is that that particular method to me seems like it's, uh, it's on the decline and to the point where it's not viable. So, and I, and I think I'm wrong about that. So, uh, in in the in the most what is I guess here's here's the, the simplest way to uh, to ask this question I, I I got this I got this which is what is the m- most viable method so far as like an entry level method this is for by far is the best entry level method for sure for sure because think of it this way a lot of people when starting a brand new business and to a lot of people this is a brand new business if if this is already you know your tenth store right you're already at a different level right you're already doing things differently right but for people who are just starting. This is the, like, even we mentioned some of the budgets required to kind of get started. This is the lowest, uh, entry, you know, one of the lowest businesses uh, in terms of starting something uh, from home. I mean, I mean, a lot of, I mean, that's kind of really what it is. So starting at that level, this is definitely the best method to do it. Now, like I mentioned before, it, it doesn't stop there, right? This is not something that, you know, uh, you can't expand and, and, and become, you know, create a brand, right? I mean, we've, you've seen some of these, these brands that started off as dropshipping stores and now have become complete brands, right? Where, where you know, it's a, it's a shoe brand, right? And even think of, of Kylie Jenner, right? Kylie Jenner's, uh, you know, she's running basically a dropshipping business, right? So, so, so you know, it's, it, this, the business model is valid, is just what you do with it. And like I said, it will always keep evolving, like any, any business model will keep evolving. And, and I think one, one great way to look at that is rather than look at it as like, where does the bottom fall out? It's more of like the bottom stays the bottom, but where does the top go? And the plateau continues to exactly. increase and there's more opportunity available. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. People have been talking about dropshipping is dead for, I think, uh, 20 years, maybe, okay. you know, like, exactly, exactly. Because I was talking to, uh, I was talking to a, a buddy of mine that runs a store coach, which is another, another really good company. 
And uh, he's been he's been in it way longer than I have been in it. And he's like, oh, I've seen this all before. You know, people have been talking about this dying for like years, right? And what they don't realize it's a business model, like any business model out there. It's not. Um, it's based and it's based on commerce, right? It's based on commerce. It's, what you do with it is is going to dictate whether you're going to be successful at it or you're going to kind of just use it up for you know the surface and then say, oh, it doesn't work. You know, you can't make money from this and leave, right? So it all depends really on the on the, on the people. Now, I, I want to ask you a question uh, specific about products, and and bear in mind that this is from a, a YouTube video. So to get the full uh, effect of the YouTube video, go check it out. Um, but I, I'm going to tell you what struck me about it. So uh, you go through the key factors to a winning product, and I've talked about you know uh, factors to winning products with other people before. But what struck me was that the way you had done it is that you had ordered it based off which is the most uh, relevant, and then it was uh, descending from there. So in order of relevancy, it was like wow factor, problem solvers, emotional connection, profit margin, perceived value, niche versus broad, retailability, seasonality, and then the bonus one, which I won't spoil because, well, it's a bonus. You know, say, say, say that for the YouTube video. Go we'll see the video. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and again, I, I, I can't help but... Uh, uh, expect or anticipate that this is a data-driven answer just because of how much data you're getting access to but why is wow factor the number one factor and you know how how do all of these fit in terms of having to be more important than when next to the, again didn't didn't quite butcher the question sure, I, sure. I, I here's the thing i noticed about myself is like I, I i'm very clear about what i'm going for and then i need to like okay but i i really want to sound pretentious that's the most important part. <laughs> how can okay. it sound the most yeah. pretentious possible yeah yeah, yeah. yes that's you're right. doing a good job actually. oh thank you're you doing a really i appreciate job. it a lot of, a lot of years of practice and studying, <laughs> awesome you know. work out really good yeah. <laughs> so so here's here's the thing um when we kind of sat down to kind of, we get this question a lot, is that, hey, how do I find a winning product and sell a trend? And it's like, product is like, the whole point is we created sell the trend so you don't have to kill yourself trying to find this answer, right? That is why we have, you know, the Nexus, for example, and we have things sorted by the Nexus rank. So, you know, whatever is at the, the first two pages, those are the most, most popular currently, right? And we even have a, a trending uh, product category if you want things that are happening like right now, right? So, but now you have to take it into a bigger perspective, right? We're, at the end of it all, we are selling products, right? We are not selling ones and zeros, right? We are selling actual products that people need to, uh, you know, be motivated enough to kind of whip out their credit card and buy them, right? So that's why we have wow factor as the number one. Why factor is kind of like the, the non-quantifiable thing about a product that when you look at it, you just gravitate towards it. Now, the good thing about Sell the Trend is that you can quantify these things with data. Because think of it this way. If you have a product that is you know, amazing, right? It's, it's really exciting. Then people are typically buying that product, right? People are you know, putting it on their stores. People are engaging with that product. So that is a product that you can quantify it with data, even though if you just look at it and say, okay, something about it is so great, I don't know if I should go for it or not. Well, you can go for it because you can see what it's doing in the marketplace, right? And that's really where, you know, we kind of do it uh, with Solid Trend. We cannot, you know, the algorithms haven't advanced enough where you can look at a product and say, it's got a wow factor because, you know, but you can compare it to other products that have sold in the past and then start to quantify them based on some of the history, right? So that's kind of what we're doing, uh, you know, when we're comparing these products and when we're uh, rating this product. But in terms of the video that you mentioned, let's go back to your video, you know, the wow factor is just, you know, that's where the creativity comes from. Besides looking at the data, which we have for you, we just can't, you know, some, some things are going to require your ability to look at something and go, okay, the data supports it, but am I excited to sell that product on my store? 
and I know I have an idea how I'm going to do the video for it, and it's going to be exciting, and I'm going to put it up, and I'm going to make some money from it. That's really where where, where kind of the hierarchy comes in. It is fascinating to think about how no matter uh, how how data driven something can be, it, it still comes back to something human and something really tangible and emotional about having that 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 impact, that feeling of oh my goodness, this is uh, this is a game changer. And 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 it, what it does is. It changes a person's worldview, even if they don't buy the product. I think the knowledge that the product exists and that this there is, I mean, sometimes they don't even know what the problem is. They, you know, they see, they see, they, we, people just go about their, their, their daily lives, um, interacting as they do. And then somebody, what somebody has to do is come along and actually show them the product, the problem first, and almost put them into that, 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 uh, that negative state for a second to then pull them out of it and say, here, now here's a solution. And that's where I think a lot of that wow factor comes from. It's just, oh my goodness, I didn't, it didn't, just didn't occur to me. Exactly. And that's kind of, even in our dropshipping course, that's kind of how we describe when, how to write a proper uh, product page description, right? So we have a lot of examples, obviously, inside the app. You can, you can kind of see what other people are doing. But we recommend that you write your own as well. You know, you can be inspired by some other pages, but you really need to create your own because that's where you can put your own stamp on things, right? But one of the things that we, we teach is that you need to identify your audience. You need to identify who you're selling. You can't just sell a pet item to somebody who only cares about golfing. Like it's just not who doesn't have a pet, right? So you need to a identify your audience, and then you need to connect with them. You need to, you need, and that's where the, the you know hitting in on the pain point is. You need to connect with them. It's like why are you going to buy this posture corrector, which was very popular a while back? Why are you buying that posture corrector? Because you have back pain. You know, you have or you have bad posture, right? So you need to first connect with the issue before you can provide the solution. You can't just say, hey, buy this thing. It's like, I don't know. I'm kind of thinking I'm hungry right now. Yeah, <laughs> but look, but but look how much pain you are gonna, you know, face as you walk to the kitchen to make some food. That's where when you introduce something, you're like, you're right, my back does hurt. Maybe I can use your product, right? So it's it's you know, that's why there's studies and studies about psychology and selling. Uh, but it doesn't have to be that difficult. You don't have to be kind of uh, you know, uh, paralysis by analysis, because there are certain things that are guaranteed to work, right? Identify the pain problem, provide, you know, uh, you know, re-identify the payment, provide a solution, you know, offer a discount. There are certain, that's just regular commerce uh, that we discuss in, in, in our courses. Uh, but yeah, but you can use those, those, those easy to use tips. And one small point too, I just wanted to add into, into all of that is that I, I think the more acutely aware somebody is of their problem, the more likely they're just going to go solve it on their own anyways. Like you're saying, like if somebody's hungry, well, I don't need to wait for a, for an advertisement <laughs> yeah, on Facebook. Yeah, for an ad from McDonald's. Yeah, like yeah. it might, it might um, make me crave it. So the next time I am hungry, I'll go buy it, um, which has worked numerous times. But I, when I'm hungry, I go, I go deal with my hunger. Uh, whereas when I have, when I have back pain, sometimes I just take it as like, oh, this is my normal. This can't, or maybe this can't be resolved, and I just have to get used to it. Yes, yes, yes. But and, and you you mentioned actually something earlier on, is that you know what what are you really okay? Everybody needs to make money. You know, you, you have to make money, right? You need to survive, you need to eat, all that kind of stuff. But the point is this: is that you also have to think about any businesses. What are you actually providing to the world, right? What are you doing? Like, what are you, what, what, you selling this posture corrector, for example, are you just, are you just simply make, doing it so you can make money? Or also are you doing it because by providing products that people maybe not know about, you're actually providing a service, right? You're actually helping somebody resolve something, right? And like in any kind of business, if you really go in thinking about, you know, who your customer is and what are you doing to actually help them, it will help you leaps and bounds because at the end of it all, people are attracted to people who are trying to help them as opposed to people who are just literally just trying to sell them, right? So 
Yeah, Asha, it's funny because we've been talking about the uh, the posture corrector. I ended up getting one of those myself, uh, by the way. I, I will say the Velcro ones, n- not a big fan because the more I was trying to correct my posture, the more resistance it put up, then the Velcro would rip off. So if there's like a, if there's like a version of it with fastens, I think that would be a lot. So uh, I, I don't have you for too much longer, um, but I did want to ask you uh, just about you know your background briefly about how you got into e-commerce. But before I do, I just want to make sure, are there any other uh, elements or features to sell the trend that you want to let us know about? Like if there's a question I might have forgotten to ask. Just kind of as an overall, I don't want to specific, uh, you know, mention a specific feature because I think one of the biggest challenges that we have with Seller Trend, to be, to, be, to be frank, is that we have too many. Okay. <laughs> so people come in and we're, we're working actively working on that with, with the new design. We're working on, you know, uh, getting getting people the value without the overload, you know. So, so you know, I don't want to add, you know, hey, there's even this. You can also, it also cooks your breakfast. I mean, I don't want to, I don't want to add to that. The only thing that you have to look at when you come to sell the Trend is that, a, we are focused on you, the customer. So that's our number one focus is that we want to make sure that we provide you a valuable service for a reasonable price. That's, that is our number one kind of mantra is that when you come to sell the trend, you are, we, we have you first. We have, we have you as, as our, our customer first. And then we are always evolving with the marketplace. We're also evolving with the services. So you're not going to buy into a static, uh, stagnant static product. And it will be, you know, as, as, as you just saw kind of from the evolution from being a product research tool to, a, you know, an entire kind of, you know, drop shipping app to some of the things that are, uh, you know, coming down, coming down the line that are going to add features to, to solve a trend. That's just one thing that, that uh, you know, you can have confidence in is that we'll always be adding features to your subscription. Okay, I, I, that, that, that's a great take on the question, I th- uh, and I, I appreciate that a lot. So yeah, so w- what about yourself? Like, how long have you been in the industry for? And you know, the, usually the question that I like to ask is always like, you know, what were you doing prior to, and if any skills that you had developed in your your past life uh, had come with you when you got into e-commerce? Absolutely, absolutely. So you know, I've always kind of been involved in developing applications. Uh, you know, we've developed applications for banks and we've developed, um, you know, applications for, you know, different companies. We even developed an application for, uh, for EMI Music, which was kind of like a, uh, like an American Idol online where, you know, a bunch of bands would, would, would submit their music and there would be ratings and, you know, feedback and interactions. And, you know, bands actually got record deals uh, out of it. That was kind of the prize, right? So, so, you know, we developed that application for, for EMI Music and, and it was really super successful for them. But that's kind of where I've, I've come in from, just kind of creating applications. And when when I, you know, and I've always known about dropshipping in the kind of the back of my mind, kind of friends and, you know, things like that. And then when I finally, uh, you know, thinking of some kind of new, new adventure slash venture, uh, you know, that's when I really got interested in dropshipping because I went kind of an adequate survey of, of what the available options. And when I realized that I could make a mark. Uh, in the space is when I got really excited. So I would not have jumped in if I thought, oh, I can be a me too, or like a has me, you know, or whatever, like a, you know, I can do the same thing as that application. I can make money. I'd never, I never, I personally have never seen success just copying somebody. Uh, and I don't believe much people have seen success. Even the people that you think are copying, you really need to look deep into what they're doing because most probably they're not copying 100%. They might be copying something similar, but their marketing might be completely different or something they're innovating somewhere. Um, so that's really kind of where I've come from and, and the reason we, we even started Solar Trend. Uh, and one thing I, actually, I wanted to uh, let the audience know about before I close out, because I know you wanted to give more of the, the holistic view of it rather than a focus on a, any particular feature. But there's one that 
I think is worth pointing out because on the blog every Friday, uh, consistently for quite a while, you do like winning product Fridays. And and I would recommend for the audience to just, um, I think what, what this does is that it gives people uh, for really like a free sample of what products the uh, what sell the trend unearths and uh, and are willing to present. So even if somebody isn't um, uh, ready to sign up, there's still something that they can do every really every Friday just to check out our product and see if if it fits a niche or not. Absolutely, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Thank you for mentioning that. And and okay. a lot of people you know love it, and we do it, and and we do it for uh, for that reason, right? It's it's you know we that, and that's why we have a seven day trial, right? That's why we want to give you the full you know unadulterated experience and let you make a decision as opposed to you know expecting something before you get something, right? Yeah. So we have a trial, try it out. You have a problem, you reach us on support, you know, live chat, whatever, right? You have any kind of questions, we you know, questions before you even sign up for a trial, you, you know, we get that a lot, right? You know, hey, you know, do you have suppliers? Do you have this or whatever? So, yes, I appreciate you mentioning that. And, um, you know, any, you know, you, you can totally try out Sell the Trend without any kind of uh, risk, so to speak. Okay, terrific. And and with that, uh, I'm going to uh, give us our, um, our, our wrap-up question. Um, I, I may or may not have forgotten to do this in, a, in an episode or two, but for the most part, I've been pretty consistent with this, um, which is to let the audience know if you have any, like, I don't know if there's any advice or wisdom or anything that you like to share with people, answer to a question and ask that kind of thing. Um, you're more than welcome to have the floor once more for it and then let the audience know how to how to find you. Sure, sure. So, I mean, I have so many, I can say so many things, so many things about this. I'm really a big believer in, in commitment and big believer in, uh, in mental space, right? You really need to commit to something in order to get the real, to, to see if it's even a fit for you, right? It's a new business, you know, dropshipping, uh, e-commerce, it's a new business. So, you know, if, if I have to say something, it's not even like, oh, know how to cost your products, know how to pick a, a proper dropshipping tool. None of, you know, that, that stuff is all good, right? It's, it's useful, right? But going in there and saying, I can do this, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm capable to do this, and then uh, believe that you're able to do this, and then commit to it, right? You have to have those factors in before you come into any kind of business. And dropshipping is no difference, right? So if, if there's any kind of parting words is that, you know, have the passion for it, commit to it, and, and take it as far as you can take it, and you will see results. And the level of results all depends on the person, but you will see results. Uh, I couldn't agree more. Very well said. And, and then with that, the other half of it too is just let the audience know how they can find you, find your YouTube, find your website, all of that good stuff. Sure, sure. You know, sellthetrend.com, obviously, uh, you know, obviously we're available on all the different social medias. You can hit us up at any time uh, and we'd love to hear from you. Terrific. All right. Uh, well, audience, as always, it's an honor to be able to provide this information for you. Uh, it's an honor for me personally just to be able to really meet so many great minds and and not only uh, uh, learn valuable insight, but to constantly be reminded how much passion uh, is is driving the industry, and as we as we uh, as we established um, and, and touched on uh, with the wow factor, is that passion I think is at the top of all of this, and and if you don't have that, then I don't know. Good luck. <laughs> well said. Thank you so much. And with that, take care, and we'll check in soon. Thanks for listening. You might have found this show on many number of platforms: Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Google Play, Stitcher, or right here on Debutify. Whatever the case, if you enjoy this content and want to help us thrive, please take a few moments to leave a review on Apple Podcasts or wherever you think is best. 
We also want to hear from you. So whether you think you'd be a good guest or want to weigh in on anything related to our show, you can email podcast at debutify.com or connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Finally, this podcast is created by the passionate team at Debutify. If you're ready to take the plunge into e-commerce or are looking to up your game, head over to debutify.com and see how we can change your life and the lives of many through what you do next.